0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Our mission, to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. Welcome back everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. She's my friend Katie Holleran. Now, what's unique about Katie's story that you guys are going to get to hear today is that she just has this unshakable confidence in what the Lord can do and complete through her. And it's honestly it was just super encouraging and refreshing for me just to listen to. Um, What the Lord's been doing in her lately And I think it's going to be really encouraging For you guys too Um, So for those who don't know Katie um, Katie was a collegiate Lacrosse athlete, shout out Um, When then After she was done She decided that she wanted to become A professional Golfer guys, no joke She was a lacrosse athlete She's like, you know what, I feel like the Lord Had just given me this passion To play golf And so she became a professional golfer and just recently qualified for the LPGA Tour. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story. I think one thing that Katie shares today that I feel like will be particularly encouraging to you is just the way that she combats fear when faced with the pressure to perform. I know that all of us, In our day-to-day lives we face this pressure to find a certain outcome or to perform a certain way it could be um, as a mom as a friend as an athlete in our job at work at school um, the world is constantly pressing us to perform and the question is, is like, how do we respond to that in a way that glorifies the Lord that is pleasing to him, but also brings us peace? And I feel like Katie just explains that so well today. So before we dive into this interview, I want to just take a minute to encourage you. Um, Just praying about this interview and what Katie was sharing. I just feel like it's possible that you may be in a place right now where you're just like, Dang, Lord, like, do you see what I'm doing? I feel like I'm striving and I'm going every day. And you may just feel like the Lord doesn't see you or you don't feel his presence right now in this moment. And I read this verse in Ephesians 3, and it was just so encouraging. So let me read this to you, and then we'll dive into the interview. Ephesians 3, uh, starting in verse 17. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Guys, he sees you. Jesus sees you and he wants you to be rooted and established in his love because when we are when we are so focused and fixing our eyes on him, striving toward um, holiness with him, he's able to do immeasurably more than we all we can ask or imagine. That's what we see in Katie's story today, man. Um, and that's according to his power that's at work within us, not any of our striving. We just show up to the party and the Lord works. So please be encouraged today And I can't wait to introduce you to my friend, Katie. Katie, I'm so pumped to have you on today. What's up, Brooke? How
1: are you? It's good to finally meet you.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. (laughs) So for those of y'all who don't know, Katie and I are connected by a couple things. First, our moms are freaking kicking butt in Rwanda, just building kitchens and schools and places that just serve um people there who are impoverished which is so awesome I actually got to go to Rwanda um and meet your mom there Susan and uh it, she was just so vibrant and so awesome and um that was super cool
1: oh yeah I'm a little jealous that you got to go
0: recently and I wasn't there with you I know we're I gonna have that and I was like what the heck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we got to go soon but oh, yeah also, something else that connects us is we both play lacrosse in college which was so oh, yeah awesome. In the state of Virginia. Yeah, come on. So So lacrosse, (laughs) Virginia, boom. But something that really sets you apart, Katie, is that not only did you just play lacrosse and have a collegiate lacrosse career, but after that was done, you're like, I'm not done. I'm actually now going to become a professional golfer and it's like what <laughs> and so you went on and now did you want to become a professional golfer you became a professional golfer <laughs> and now you were just qualified and you played on the lpga tour no joke which i think is like literally some people's dreams for their entire life and you katie were just like hey the lord has called me this boom i'm gonna do it so i want you to start us off Can you give us some background into your incredible story? Tell us kind of about what led you to pursue this dream um, and where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, so like you said, I played lacrosse in college and I played competitively growing up. And I had some D1 opportunities, but that didn't really sound right for me when I was getting towards the end. And for those of you golf fans, my home course in Colorado hosted the Solheim Cup which is like a Europe versus oh. America team format. It's a riot. People are cheering, there's music, <laughs> yelling. It's complete, like opposite of golf. And I was like, this is so is fun! awesome. Yeah, so we hosted that and there was a lot of players that are probably mid-20s now that were about my age just coming out of high school and they were kicking butt and taking names and I thought golf was like a very well respected sport. And so yeah, I think I was just going into my senior year of high school when that happened and I was kind of like, Oh, golf, like golf would be awesome. Like I really want to do that, but I really wasn't ready to give up my lacrosse career yet. And so it had always been a goal of mine to play lacrosse in college. So Mm -hmm. instead of taking the D one route, I went to Christopher Newport university, which is in Virginia. Um, and I played for a year and I knew just, my goal was to play for two years and then transfer and try to transform into the golf world. And so Wow. I ended up only playing for a year and then I transferred back to the university of Denver where I graduated early and I moved to Jacksonville, Florida with my sister, whose husband mm-hmm. was deployed in um, in the middle East on a naval ship. And so I just started trying to grind away. I got a swing coach my senior year Come on. and um, I was going down there once a month during school. And then when I moved down there, I started playing tournaments and stuff like that. And so, when I first started professional golf, I had never, I'd played in one junior golf tournament, which is obviously kind of unheard of. And I shot like Whoa, 150. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, <laughs> one my junior best golf friend... tournament,
0: then boom, pro golfer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I did that when I was probably like 12 or 13. My best friend's mom used to play on the LPGA. And so okay. I was like, this is not for me. I am good. Yeah. So then after college, um, I started doing that. And in a lot of these, golf tournament so all my experience pretty much came from this tour that's now called the east coast women's golf tour it was the Eggwin's best Mm -hmm. and it was a pro tour so i jumped kind of right in and a lot of these tours have 88 rules where if you shoot 88 or higher you're disqualified from the tournament so my first like three events i didn't make it past the first day (laughs) i shot like 86 my fourth one and then like 84 and made it all three days and it was a huge milestone yeah and so oh, cool. then just from then, like you said, um, last year I played in the Marathon Classic, which is actually where my mom is from. So that was kind of wild. It's in Toledo, Ohio. And then um, in August, I made it through first stage of LPJ Tour qualifying school. So there are three stages. If you make it all the way through and you're in the top 10, after the third stage, you get an LPJ Tour card.
0: Whoa, come on. Yeah. Dang, Katie. Yeah. I think what's so like magnetic about your story is that you just like pursued your dream hardcore. And like a lot of times, like, you know what your dream is. Like you have these desires in your heart about like, man, I'm so like attracted to that, but it's scary. And I feel like the enemy like tries to tell lies to us. Like, Hey, you're not good enough for that. What do you think you're doing? Like, you're not worthy of that. You're not capable of that. And crazy, I don't know if you know this, but um, I actually just felt like the Lord was calling me to become a doctor. And, I know, I know, I didn't didn't even plan on sharing this, but just what you were sharing. Um, And I got my undergrad in psychology and religion. And um, so I feel like so incapable. But because I know like that the Lord put that desire in my heart and I feel like it's what he's calling me to. I'm like, man, I got to like chase that. And that's exactly what you did. And I think it's just so cool that you trusted the Lord to, like, he called you to this because he gave you this desire and then he equipped you, you know, like you did that your thing. And then, and then you just blew up because of your hard work and your collaboration with the Lord in that way. And, um, and I think that speaks to a lot of people. So my question to you is, um, how were you able to overcome this fear of failure that the enemy tries to like put in our head? Um, when you first were launching into this golf career?
1: Um, I would say at first, I don't know that I did. I think it's only really become recent that I've really started to <clears throat> unlock a lot of the talent and potential that God has got for me. And yeah. I did that a lot just by trusting and faith, right? Mm-hmm. I really thought this was going to be, I was arrogant in the fact that I thought this was going to be a walk in the park. Um, I didn't give it enough credit and I thought I would be on the LPGA tour sooner and that I could just go out there and kind of do it on my own and figure it out. And that's not the case. Um, Mm. Golf may be an individual sport, but now people are forming a big team around them. And so I've gotten really fortunate in that I've surrounded myself with really good people, but Mm. even just beyond to the fear of failure point, I just think, recently it's changed to the fact that i trust in what god's given me and he's given me a lot of talent god blesses us with gifts and um opportunities and so when i think you take those and you kind of study them and you put them into practice Mm. it god doesn't give us a spirit of fear right so the spirit of fear falls away when you kind of can lean into that and you're more than allowed to be scared you can be scared of an outcome or something like that but fear of failure isn't a spirit from god and so by just leaning into a lot of his word and um, trusting that what you reap is what you sow and so like you said i've put in a lot of hard work and dedication and time and most of all trust that this was going to pan out and it always hasn't been easy and there's been times where i've kind of wondered if i was in the right place and still doing the right thing but Mm. By trusting and knowing that He fills us with peace and joy and all of these things, we can do that. But it has been a really great lesson in patience, if nothing else.
0: Mm, that's so good. Yeah, like waiting on the Lord, like because I can imagine you spent many years, many hours just grinding away, and you're like waiting yeah. on the Lord to allow that to like rise up. That's so cool. Right. One. Well, like- yeah. <laughs> I'm such an instant
1: gratification person. Right. And so like, Everybody, with LaCroix, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and with lacrosse, like, you know, you score a goal, you see the result, you see, yes. the win, you see this, yes. you see, you go play wall ball for 30 minutes. Usually that translates into yeah. something pretty good the next day. Well, with golf, you can hit a bazillion putts or a bazillion chips or whatever it is. Mm. And then you can still hit it sideways or hit a terrible chip or whatever. And sometimes like, it's hard to trust that ability and trust that when you don't get to see it necessarily the next day. Yeah. Like, I put in all this work. Why am I not where I want to be? And mm-hmm. it's really just learning that God's timing is perfect for us. Dang.
0: Woo, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about fear. Like, um, you said you don't need to just, like, have no fear at all. It's almost like don't give validity to that fear. fear like, If you're afraid to fail at something, don't let that fear control and paralyze you from moving forward into what God's given you. Just, all right, fear, I see you, but that's not what I'm going to trust today. I'm not going to trust my fear. I'm going to trust what the Lord gave me, what he
1: told me. For sure. Like two weeks ago at Q School, I mean, Q School is hard because you're essentially playing for your career. First stage tells you where you're going to be playing next year. And so what is Q School? uh, so it's a qualifying tournament. So it's a set of three tournaments that the first stage, there's 320 girls and you're in Palm desert. And then there's two cuts, one on Saturday afternoon where they cut to 125 and ties. And then the third, the second cut is Sunday after your final round. And then they cut to hundred and ties. So if you make it to second stage, you have the potential to play full time on the Epson tour, which is like the corn fairy for women. It's the right. Below the LPGA. Mm. And then if you make top 45 and ties there, then you go to third stage and you're playing for an LPGA tour card. But it really defines, especially first stage, where you're going to play next year, whether you have a shot at. If you get on the Epson Tour, you can play up onto the LPGA. Mm. But if you don't make it through first stage, your odds of getting into really any of those events is kind of slim. So with that, I knew I was, I had, my game was in a place where it was good enough to get through that. But I still, I mean, the whole four days, I was talking to my mental coach one day and I was like, I just want this to be over with. Like, I just want to know the result. I just want to be done. Yes. And he was like, well, unfortunately, you can't really look at it like that because when you don't embrace something in the moment and your future forward thinking, you Mm -hmm. don't get to embrace every single moment of what's going on. So whether the result is what you want or what it's not, and you can be, I was scared when I teed off and when I had, The night before and then the next day I just you just got to embrace what you're going through so it's not like you're never going to be scared or afraid or whatever but you just got to embrace the moment know that whatever the outcome is on the other side is is exactly where you need to be
0: Mm, that's good I feel like that really speaks to um how much golf is a game of like managing this pressure in your mind yeah and for sure like for example like when you were uh, qualifying for the LPGA tour. I think I read something and it was like, there was only two spots out of yeah, like, so Monday, the sea of yeah. women. There was two spots. Read <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Wait, we
1: were you going to say something. So those Monday qualifiers is what those are. It's a one day 18 hole qualifier and there are two spots. And usually the field is 48 and so there's 48 and you're trying
0: to get into the field for the week yeah oh my gosh two out of 48 of really incredible women to even get there oh my goodness no when I was thinking about that I was like man golf is such an individual sport that it's like when you have a bad day it's like that's all on you and I feel like it builds up this pressure that I feel like a lot of people can relate to that's like this pressure to perform or a pressure for an outcome in relationships, in school, in your job, in your sport, whatever it is, like people feel this pressure for an outcome. And so how are you, Katie, able to handle the immense pressure in the realm of golf? And then how do you feel like that translates into kind of like giving ourselves grace in the daily life or how do we handle that in our daily life?
1: Um, From the golf point of view, it's – what I've learned a lot this year working with my mental coach, his name's Gaston Cordova. And we work off this book called inner excellence, which is Mm. um, faith-based. And I would say to alleviate that pressure, you just have to, it's easier said than done, but just kind of have a lot of gratitude with what you do and try to stay really present. So for like me on the golf course, when I'm feeling that immense kind of pressure and coming down the stretch of i've got to do this or i've got to maintain pars and do all sorts of different kinds of things it's really just trying to stay grateful and kind of looking around i mean golf's such a cool game you get to be out in nature for four and a half hours like what what, <laughs> what a special thing like i could be sitting behind a desk and not mm-hmm. probably and you'd probably be enjoying whatever but yeah you're gonna be in nature you're gonna be in god's creation and it's the same thing with everyday life like you're in every single season of your life for a specific reason and so if you look and try to find the little nuances of what you can be grateful for even if you're in a valley there's still something to be grateful for whether it's the fact that the majority of your family is healthy or that you got to wake up and have a new opportunity to try to live your life the way you want to do it to wake up and you can change your life in one day i mean You just have to kind of make a decision. And so to stay grateful and be just present with where you are, how I think I handle the pressure on the golf course and in life.
0: That's so good. That reminds me of that verse that's like, don't be anxious for anything but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then the peace that he has will take over your heart. And so that's so good because I feel like just I've heard that gratitude just puts yourself in perspective like puts your life in perspective so say if you're not grateful your problem is like super close to your face so it's like all you can see but yeah. gratitude is just taking that big problem that's super close to your face and just kind of pulling it away and it's like oh it's not that big yeah. in the context of all this like lord's bless yeah. me outside lord's bless me with a body that can walk and move and swing and do all of it so that's so For good sure. i love that
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's a game, right? At the end of the day, like it, it's a game where you're going to fail a lot more times than you're ever going to win. And so when you learn that there is no, if there was a a record at the end of your career for wins and losses, not even the best golfers in the world are going to have a winning record. So if you just take, if you looked at that like this, like you just described, you're going to say, man, this is just, I'm terrible and I'm never going to get any better. And this is, I'm never going to win. I'm never going to do any of this. Well, if you can just be grateful that you get to do it and that your life doesn't necessarily depend on that and just kind of find the little things that make you enjoy it. And it's the endless pursuit of getting better, right? Like when you're in a Valley or when you're in a different season, if you can find the little things that are going to make you better, understand that there's a reason for this. Like if you look forward to an outcome, like God's got my back on this, It's going to be much better. Like you're in this season of learning and growing for a reason.
0: Mm, That's good. That reminds me of this one uh, quote that my pastor always says. He says, um, God loves to prove us right when we trust in him. And so you're talking about just trusting the Lord, trusting the process. God loves to prove us right when he trusts in him. And I feel like the the story in the Bible that best like shows that. Um, Is the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And when they were like, no, we're not going to bow down to the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar built of himself. Like, no, we only praise the Lord. And then King Nebuchadnezzar was like, well, I'm going to kill you then because you're not (laughs) down to me. Um, And so I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace. Um, And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responded in a way that showed their confidence and their trust in the Lord. And this is what they said. I'll read it to you. It says, um, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And I really thought about you, Katie, when I was like, just thinking about this interview and just thinking about this story and this quote, because I feel like this confidence and trust in the Lord that you displayed by like pursuing this dream every day, grinding every single day. You're like, hey, I'm confident that the Lord will be with me. He'll provide for me in many ways. Um, He's going to give me strength. But even if he doesn't in the moment, or even if he doesn't, like I will still serve him and praise him. That doesn't change the way that I feel about him or the way that I think about him. And so I feel like that's, what's so powerful about your story, Katie. And so what like practical advice would you give to the person listening right now? Who's afraid to step out into this confidence and trust in maybe an adventure that the Lord has for them, that they're like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to say yes or really go all in on this.
1: Um, I think, I don't know, it's hard because you don't always have to be like the yes man like go get him and do all that but it's, God has a funny way of getting you where he wants you anyway so if you're going to drag your heels and be, the image when I'm dragging my heels that comes to my mind is when a horse has a bridle on and they don't want to go and they're just sitting back in their heels (laughs) eventually you're not going to win that battle so it looks big and the mountain's big but It's almost going to be more fun if you just get in and you enjoy the ride. Like, It's going to take a lot of patience and it's going to take a lot of trust. And I really think everything is always easier said than done. But if you really just kind of dive into certain things about trust and looking for that, I really think if you just trust that it's going to be okay and that he's got something bigger for you on the other side, Mm -hmm. then it'll be fun. And when you're going to look back, I don't personally, if I never make it to the LPGA and I never win and I don't accomplish some of my goals, I'm never going to look back and say, I really regretted doing that. Like my goal in life is to look back and never be like, Oh, I really regretted not doing this or not doing that or whatever. Like FOMO is such a big thing in our Mm -hmm. culture. And so I really think if you don't kind of take the big jump, especially while you're young and, you have the opportunity to you're going to look back and you're going to say why didn't i just do this that way and so i think when you take the plunge it's it's never easy when you do it but if you can jump and take it then it's you're going to enjoy the ride much more than digging your heels into the ground and so there is no easy way to do it i don't think um it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be hard but the best things in life come from pressure-packed, hard circumstances.
0: Come on. That's so,
1: it. I just think when you jump in and you have some fun with it, then you're going to enjoy it a little bit better, and you have no idea where that, lo- that road's going to lead mm. at the end of the day.
0: That's so good. Jump in and lean in. I feel like a big theme throughout this whole thing is just this, like, idea of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and our basketball coach, Coach McKay. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a legend, Mm -hmm. but um, I've heard him speak a couple of times and we've actually had him on this podcast. And this idea that he talks about so often is trusted truth. And so he's like, he always says, it's not truth that transforms someone. It's trusted truth. And I feel like just recently that has really been hitting me lately and it's like man when i read the promises in the bible like i can trust those promises and what that means is like when the lord promises me peace or the the lord promises me boldness or this or that um i don't need to like sit around and be like hey lord like where's the peace like you promised it no i need to like walk in it like into it like he's already given me peace so i have peace you know what i mean which is crazy yeah exactly one yeah yeah. i i don't think it's
1: gonna sometimes it doesn't come right away right like yeah nothing is always apparent right away so if it's like the parable of the talents right yes the one guy went and put it to work and he came back with more and then the one guy kind of did and he came back with the same amount and then the one guy did nothing And he got nothing of what he asked for. And in fact, he was scolded for it. Well, God's given us each and every one of us talents. And if you trust in the fact that he's given us gifts and you continue to reap what you sow and put in and dig in, God doesn't just hand you things. Mm -hmm. And so if you trust that he's going to give you peace and you trust that he's going to give you hope and joy and trust in this life that is going to fulfill you, it may not come right away. Yes. But that's also comes with some lessons like the promise is there it's going to come you just have to keep putting in the work and trusting that it will be there he is a guy go- he fulfills all of his promises he's never going to let you down or pull away or do any of that so just lean into the fact that he's going to do that and i love the quote that your coach had and if you just have faith that it's going to be there you can lean into all of his promises cuz he's going to deliver
0: come on i feel like what you're saying is like trust is evidenced by action. Like, like yeah. what you were saying with practicing. It's like, yeah, if God, if you believe, if you trust that God has given you a gift, you're not just going to sit there. You're going to like work on that gift, like prepare your field for rain. Cause you're like, God's going to use this gift cause he's given it to me. So I'm going to hone my craft in golf. I'm going to hone my skill in my job at school, my relationship, because I know he's going to use this for something. I trust him. Yeah. So like I need to do my half, like in preparing. So for whatever he has, it's coming. And so I feel like that's, what's so awesome. So beautiful. And just a big thing that you encourage us in. Um, but the way we close up this interview, I'm bummed that it's ending. Mm, uh, I know. We always just leave a little space open for our guests to just share something the Lord's been teaching them right now, something that, I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit's been putting on their heart during this interview to the person out there who's listening, who's maybe discouraged, who's maybe scared, maybe has feared a failure like we were talking about. What, what do you want to just share with them right now as we finish up this podcast?
1: Hmm. I think in your mom sent me this verse as well after q school and i think a big one is galatians 6 9 i think it's been coming up a lot is let us not become weary in doing good for all for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up and i guess the big thing is just don't give up because like i said i'm the queen of instant gratification and that's been I would honestly say that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the past couple of years of trying to pursue this goal is patience and trying to not be so much in the instant gratification. And there's going to be a big seasons of waiting and there's going to be seasons where you don't feel like you're seen or you're being achieved in what you're trying to do. And I think if you just keep, just keep plugging away, it's going to be okay because if you just keep putting in the effort and keep grinding and keep, doing what you're doing eventually the tables will turn and you're going to get exactly what you were promised and what God has in store for you and it may not look exactly like you think um it comes in all different shapes and sizes and oftentimes God's gifts are greater than we could have ever imagined and so if you have the gift of leadership if you have the gift of giving if you have all of those gifts and just hone in on what you think he's kind of calling you towards and just keep putting in the work for that then I really think it's going to turn out exactly what it needs to be
0: Mm, come on that's so good I feel like uh, when you're just talking there just spitting wisdom (laughs) you're me of Micah 6 8 and it tells us the things that the Lord asks of us and it's to um, act justly love faithfulness and to walk humbly with our god and i feel like what you're highlighting is that second one to love faithfulness like just be faithful be faithful because the the lord loves you and you're walking in intimacy with him and so day in day out just pressing into him pressing into the gifts he's given you the calling he has on your life be faithful don't give up don't grow weary so, Katie, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I loved me. hanging out with you. And just I like know, me teaching. too. I had a great time. I'm so encouraged by you. So, thank you. Uh, thank you.
1: And I can't wait to finally meet you in person.
0: Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Man, wasn't that an incredible interview? I just love the way that Katie talks about how she alleviates pressure with gratitude and how she just presses into the Lord as she takes on new adventures and new journeys, it just gets me fired up. Well, kind of what Katie was talking about reminded me a lot of what Levi Lusco has to say in his book, I Declare War. Um, I love this book. It's about four keys to winning the battle with yourself, the battle of the mind, and it's just something that we all deal with. Um, and in one of his chapters that's called TSA on the Brain, TSA on the Brain, I think it's chapter four, um, he brings up this study that found out that um, back in 1980s, it was a study that was done that found out that people have an average of 500 intrusive thoughts every 16 hours, each lasting an average of 14 seconds. And a big majority of those intrusive thoughts are either mean, unacceptable, ugly, or negative. And I think that's so crazy because it feels like something that's kind of uncontrollable. It feels like, man, I'm just having these thoughts come into my brain. How am I able to tame those? And uh, Levi presents this idea of having the TSA on our brain in the same way that when we go to an airport, um, they don't just let anybody come in. Like you have to go through security. You got to go through TSA. Take those shoes off. Put them through the exit ray machine. Take your laptop out of your backpack. And they check through everything that passes through those gates. And in the same way, the same way that they filter people in the airport. Levi encourages us to filter the thoughts that we allow to take residency in our brain. We need to filter the thoughts that we allow to take residency in our brain. And he gives us this beautiful tool, um, that I want to share with us today, um, just so you can carry it throughout your day and throughout your week and maybe share with somebody that you love, um, So he says that he goes to Philippians 4.8 And he starts asking So he sees an intrusive thought come in And then he starts asking the thought Hey, are you this? Are you this? Are you this? Because if not, you don't get to take residency in my brain So this is what Philippians 4.8 says Finally, brethren whatever, Whatever things are true Whatever things are noble Whatever things are just Whatever things are pure Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtuous in anything that is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So Levi simply just takes each part of this verse. Hey, thought, are you true? Are you noble? Is this a praiseworthy thought? Is this thought just? And... If the answer is no, then you know what thought you can just pack up your bags and get out of my head because that thought is not helpful. It's not um, positive to take residency in my brain. And now it's okay that we have those intrusive thoughts come in. And there's probably a really valid reason why they are. Um, But I think this week, let's just focus on acknowledging these thoughts that can come into our mind that is impeding and hindering our progress toward the kingdom and what the Lord has for us today and say, you know what? I hear you thought, I see you come in, but today I'm going to choose joy. I'm not going to have a spirit of fear like Katie is talking about. We don't have a spirit of fear in the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose love today because of the way that Jesus has overcome in my life. Uh, So I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us again today on the Built Different Podcast.